this and how he wants to use it. Um, this morning, I'm sitting here on my back porch early. Haven't even had my coffee yet. So if I sound a little lower key, it's because the caffeine isn't coursing through the veins yet. But I'm so reflective this morning as today. We will celebrate the life and mourn the loss of my dear, precious Aunt Beth, who we've had for 54 years. And and even though her body had Down syndrome and she lived her life with um, that, that many would call a disability, um, Beth was just perfect to us. And she brought so much joy to our lives. Um, and as I think about her, I think what others may say she didn't have a whole lot to offer uh, in this world. She, in fact, had to be taken care of every day. She had to have all of her meals prepared for her. She needed help with all the basics of human life. But yet, I would challenge anyone to say that there was not a life more well-lived than Beth's um, so full of love, so full of Jesus' light that she spread to every single person that she came in contact with. And, and I just sit here and reflect on that and think the impact that one life can have. Um, how God can change countless lives eternally and forever um, because of one life that loves him. <laughs> and Beth was one life that loved Jesus so much. And we are all different and we are all better. It, As my brother says, we are shaped tremendously by her life. And so that's what I want um, this the focus of this podcast to be. Uh, you are about to hear from a dear friend of mine named Dana Dedman Smith, and this is the first of a three-part series, basically, um, of recordings that were done at our last women's gathering that happened uh, on Friday, May 12th, and these were interviews done at the women's gathering, and we were able to record them, and many of you didn't get to be there and have begged me to hear what was shared that night because, oh, the Holy Spirit was just there and moving and working. And um, so I'm thrilled that we're able to post this now and for you to be able to hear these stories. So it will be broken up into three episodes um, uh, per my promise to keep these episodes manageable to listen to in a car ride or or while, while you're preparing dinner or wherever um, you're able to listen that they are not too much of a chunk of time, but you will be so blessed by hearing this. And in the coming weeks, uh, we will put part two and part three on there of each interview that happened that night. Um, but this is Dana's story. And again, one life lived on purpose for Jesus um, and noticing one other life and how that can just make all the difference. So Dana, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you to the rest of you for tuning in and listening. I know you will be blessed by this. And I just have to, as always, say I love you. 
I am praying for you ladies that um, you will be open to the Spirit of God in your life. Because um, there's no greater thing to walk as He wants us to walk and see as He wants us to see and open ourselves up to what He would have for us. So be blessed today, filled with um, all the goodness of God and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit and the comfort of Jesus Himself. And I love you. See you soon. Bye-bye. So first of all, Dana, introduce yourself so everybody knows who you are. Tell us what you do and about your family, and then we'll go with this awesome story. Okay. Um, my name is D Dana Dedman smith and uh, I've been here at Carpet Hills for about 15 years. Um, I'm married to James, and we just celebrated 20 years last week. Congratulations. <laughs> I know. Not going anywhere yet. Um, <laughs> and we have three kids. Um, our oldest is a girl named Ellie, and she's a sophomore in high school. And our middle one is a boy named Campbell, and he's in seventh grade. And then our youngest is another girl, um, Anderson, who's in first grade. So we have one in high school, one in middle school, and one in elementary school. And we run the gamut of emotions at my house. <laughs> of course. It's, it's crazy. Uh, for my career or job or... Uh, extra funds, I guess you could say. <laughs> I work part-time as a pharmacist, and I work for um, a company called Presenius. It's a mouthful. It's a German company that's um, the largest dialysis company in the, in the nation, actually in the world. Um, and we have a renal pharmacy here in Franklin and one in St. Petersburg, Florida. So um, I actually have a sit-down job, which is incredible as a pharmacist. And I've been there about eight years. Um, Presenius is how I met Jacqueline, who is yeah. my encounter, I guess yeah. you could say. Uh, I also work part-time helping James um, with his uh, company. He owns a commercial flooring company, and I go in whenever I can to file and um, do some billing and basically to help keep four men organized. Because they, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a respite. It's, a, um, it's an easy job. I can go in and play my music and just sort of put my head down and, and work and, and laugh and talk with them. And they actually sort of enjoy having me around. I'll bring donuts or stuff. And that's it. Awesome. Okay, so tell us what was going on in your life, your heart, leading up to your encounter with the Jack how had God been working on you and stirring on you? Was there something that prompted it? Um, you know, just want to hear what was going on that the okay. before that okay. we get to the after. Um, and there is a before. And um, I was telling Joanna today, I texted her today, when I sat down this week and really started looking back, um, and I started to connect the dots, and I realized how God was, was preparing me for this encounter that I had with this young lady. And, um, oh, ooh, I'm already. I'll get, somebody pass me a tissue. That's why we put the tissue boxes on the, <laughs> thank you. There we go. I've done, I need it though. <laughs> so, <laughs> I actually prayed I wouldn't do this. But um, Ellie goes, you're a crier, you're going to do it. <laughs> um, the the, I guess to describe, a the season that I was in before I met Jacqueline was, um, and I'm going to be incredibly honest here tonight, was a season of um, emptiness and weariness for me. Um, the last six months of last year um, were really hard for me. 
and I felt um, disconnected from God. I felt disconnected from church. Um, I just, I wasn't spending any time with him. I didn't have time. I mean, I was, I, I was more of a Martha than a Mary. And I worked, and I felt like, you know, our society today puts so much emphasis on being busy and doing so much. And it was, you know, I was always first to get up last to, to go to bed, but it was just, it was different. It was, I was, I was weary. And my soul was weary, and that's what I kept going back to was um, something was missing. So this, beginning of this year, I did three intentional things. Um, the first thing I did was um, my mom asked me to attend a Bible study with her. And she had asked me before, I was always too busy. Um, they were always on Thursdays, and I, most Thursdays I worked. Well, she asked me, and I looked at my calendar, and every Thursday that they were having the Bible study, I was off. <laughs> so I said yes. And we studied, starting in February, we studied a Bible study by Priscilla Shire called Breathe, um, Making Room for Sabbath. And what I learned really during that study, and I'm sorry, I'm so lengthy, but it's a, it, you have to understand what God did to prepare me for mm -hmm. Jacqueline. Mm -hmm. So we went to the study and we studied about the importance of the Sabbath. And I had always thought about Sabbath as um, a, a, just a day of rest, which I never did. We never do. Our society never does anymore. So I, um, the Sabbath means to pause, to be still, to rest, which is so contradictory to what our society wants from us and Satan. Satan wants us busy. He wants us to not be able to connect with God and he wants us busy because then we can't do God's work. And I learned that. And so God created the Sabbath for the Israelites. He established that day, but he commanded that they participate in that. I mean it was it was not it was not optional. It was pivotal. And he did that not to give them a day of rest, just because, you know, because they had worked for 400 years in Egypt. He gave it to them as a time to connect with him because he longed for a relationship with, with him. The way he longs for a relationship with us, and I wasn't taking any Sabbath time at all because I was I just wasn't. And I was crippling myself, and I really didn't realize that. And that study made me realize it's okay to schedule time with him to make time. Now, do I do it every day? No. But the time I do, and I'm and I time, I'm stop, and I just have a little bit of focus time. Now, granted, that what I'm cooking for dinner is going through my head. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's just he speaks to me, and I just have to listen. The second thing I did was I started attending a ladies' um, Sunday school class that my sister Joanna invited me to. And I'll never forget the Sunday. She said, you've got to come to class with me. This class, I would not miss it. And I felt, I was like, okay. So I said, yes. <laughs> Just like my mom, I said, yes. So I went, and I, what I learned is, is that I need a community of women of faith to speak to me. We, um, there's incredible teachers. You have to come. Um, Gail Powell and the wonderful Jennifer Pagel next to me. Um, what I realized is that I need, you can get a lot of satisfaction and, and joy from your family, and I do. My family is the most important thing to me. 
and my husband, but they can only fill a certain part of the whole. I have to connect and get the rest of it filled from God. And I, I wasn't doing that. I was putting on my lip gloss and acting like I was <laughs> perfect and fine, and I wasn't. And I wasn't being real with, with anybody. Um, growing up, my, my mantra, in fact, my mom cross-stitched it in a picture beside my bed, was Philippians 4.13. Um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things. That's what I was doing. I was doing everything. But I read a devotional this week, um, the verse after it, I never had read. Philippians 4, 14. But it was good of you to share the troubles with me. And that's what Paul wrote. And that strengthened the conviction we need a community of people on this journey. It's hard doing what we do. And you need people to encourage you and to just to be there. And so that's the second thing I did. Third thing I did, I took a Claritin this morning and my mouth was like, <laughs> then I'd be like Henry Cho with his water bottle. <laughs> the third thing I did was um, I started seeing a counselor. At the age of 45, I really realized that I had a lot of anger and a lot of issues in my heart. I do not have a strong relationship with my dad at all at all, and neither do my kids, and I had a lot of anger with that, and I, I felt gypped, and I felt, um, I was sad, I was really sad, and um, I finally realized that if I didn't have much of a relationship with my earthly father, then how could my heavenly father really love me, and it it also crippled me. So um, I started seeing a counselor, and it was probably the best thing I've ever done, besides the other two intentional <laughs> They were all, you had a trifecta going. So I had a trifecta, and that trifecta took place within the first seven to eight weeks of this year. And I met Jacqueline a week after. Mm -hmm. So, Wow. Okay, we can I'm sorry, just all go Mom. now, right? You know, that's great. But, um, okay, where I've lost my questions here. So, all right. So, tell us about Jacqueline. Um, yeah, what you found out and who she is. Okay. What you found out when you, when you met her. Okay. Um, her name is Jacqueline Moore, and she's a 35-year-old single um, certified pharmacy technician that works with us at Fresenius. Uh Jacqueline worked the afternoon shift, so she would come in around lunchtime and leave at 9, and I worked 7 to 3.30. So we were, I didn't really have a lot of interaction with her. Um, but uh, what I learned about her after doing some research, because um, Jacqueline is probably the quietest person I've ever met in my whole life. She does not speak. I mean, I didn't even know she was pregnant, because she never gets up from her desk. And... Um, She's incredibly introverted, incredibly introverted. And but I also found out from talking with other people was um, she has a master's degree in public health, but she couldn't find a job, probably because she didn't interview well. So she took this job as a pharmacy technician, making fifteen, sixteen dollars an hour, just to pay the bills. Um, she lives in all of this. None of this hardly, ever, um, as Jacqueline told me, 
Um, she lives in an apartment in Nashville by herself. Her mom and sister live in Madison, about 20 minutes away. Her sister had her first baby last summer, which was born premature, and the baby had incredibly severe health effects, and to my knowledge is still in Vanderbilt today, has not come home. Wow. And mom works full-time. They live together, and mom sort of has helped me take care of this, seeing this baby. So basically, and then a little bit that I learned about um, Jacqueline's, the, de the father of the baby. She's not married. Um, he, he's a guy that she's known for years, 17 years. They went to a college together. Uh, he lives nearby, maybe comes by once a week. So what I was able to ascertain from talking with people, um, the few people that really knew her, was that she's financially on her own and is primarily going to raise this baby on her own. So one day, the last of February, I went over to ask a question from the girl that sat across from Jacqueline. And I walked over and I looked at Jacqueline and I smiled at her. And um, I said, hey, how are you? And I said, you're and have a baby. And I said, what do you do? And she said, um, she said, I'm due March 1st. And she, I said, do you know what you're having? And she said, I'm having a boy. And I went, in my mind, I went, wow, that's weird. Our only boy was born on March 1st. So I was like, that's a connection. Um, so I said, are you excited about your first baby? And she looked away and looked down and she said, um, I'm really scared. And in our society today, when you ask someone how they're doing, we get a lot of fines and a lot of greats and wonderful. But for her to tell me, and we've never talked, but she bared her soul with me that she was scared. So I tried to reassure her, and then um, I went back to my desk, and I left that day. And I drove home that afternoon. It was a Friday, and I remember thinking about her all weekend. And, it, and I thought, thought about her on the way home, and I, I was just broken for her. And um, so anyway, the next week I worked, and I worked on her last day at Brasenia's before she was going to take off. They were going to induce the baby a week early, so she was honestly working on a Tuesday, and they were going to induce on a Thursday. Her, I just happened to be working that Tuesday, and I walked over to her, and I said, hey, and I, I gave her, I had written on a sticky note, I said, this is, this is my number, and I want you to call me or text me if you have any questions. I mean, y'all remember having that first baby. Oh, my gosh. You know, mm -hmm. with breast engorgement and, and feeding. <laughs> There's so many questions. And, I, you know, and from she didn't know that I had found out a little bit about her, her mom. And, she, and, and I just wanted her to have a friend. So I texted her, and I got her information. And then before I walked back to my desk, I said, is there anything that you might need for the baby? And she looked at me, and she said, um, I might need a couple of bottles, maybe some diapers. <laughs> She's been induced in two days. Two days. It broke me. I just was, I was like, you know, and then I, I just remember when I had Ellie 16 years ago, and we weren't members here, but I had three showers and, and an incredible amount of gifts, and, and everything was washed and ready and painted, and, and I just couldn't imagine not having the basic of necessities. And if she didn't have that, what else did she not have? And so that's where 
It went. So what happened next? <laughs> this is cool. Because, yeah, I mean, you know, it could have stopped with, right. yes. okay, I'll bring your pack of diapers and a couple right. of bottles. Right. But it didn't stop no. there, and God didn't let you no. go. So what did no. you do after that? Um, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't let it go. It was, it was just, it was a different, it was a longing, a stirring, it was, it was, um, it was in my soul. I had, he to do, I had to do something. Um, I talked with James about it, and, you know, guys, you know, yeah, get them some diapers. And, and, <laughs> but it was just, I could totally you know, hear James saying that. <laughs> yeah, we, we can move some furniture. But so I went to my computer, and I sat down one night, and I prayed. God, I, I, I use me whatever you need me to do, but I, I've got to do something for her. And I prayed, and I heard two words. You know, people say God speaks to you. I've never really had that. And he told me, he said, just ask. And so that's what I did. I sat down and I wrote a lengthy email because I'm wordy. <laughs> but I wanted people to know her story. And I sent it to various friends and some family members and some people at church. And I wanted them to understand why this was so, why I was bothering them with this. Um, because it was, an, it was important. She needed someone to love her. So I hit send. And then I went and did something. And I came back and people had already replied. Yeah, you know, they were, you know, it was just amazing. And I remember going to bed that night and I was just giddy. I was like, you know. You were glowing the next day when I saw you. <laughs> you were glowing. It was, it, was, it was surreal. I mean, it was just amazing. So, um, anyway, the next day I started having things show up on my doorstep. Friends dropping off, things I didn't need, buying new things. I mean, she's covered in diapers and wipes for, the, for a year. I'm, I'm telling you, it was amazing. I mean, and just dropping off things, people mailing me checks. It was, it was amazing. Um, at the Bible study, we they passed. A, and I shared her story at the Bible study. I wanted everybody to know. I mean, I was telling. Keep going. Um, that's what the Bible study. They passed a hat. I got um, several hundred dollars there, and with that money, I went shopping just initially, and I bought a lot of things that I thought she would need. You know, soft baby, ta you know, baby towels and those cute little washcloths, and and um, she was going to uh, uh, pump. She didn't have breast milk bags, you know. She Luckily, someone had given her a pump. So I bought a lot of things I thought she would need. What I didn't buy, she got. I mean, she, everything was taken care of. We got, it was amazing. <laughs> so um, what the rest of the funds that I received, I was able to pay her rent for six months and utilities for five months. And... I mean, did y'all hear that? Rip for six months. Well, and it was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Bam. I mean, and I did this without her knowing. And I went and I, you know, I asked James, I said, how do I need to do this? And so I went and called them at the apartment office where she, where she lives. And I went in there and I told the lady what I wanted to do. And she said, Wow, I need a friend like you. <laughs> and, and I went, I, and I went. I, I really don't want you to tell anybody this. This is just. This is something that I was able to do through a lot of friends whose hearts God pricked. 
And that's exactly mm -hmm. what it was. So um, I went and then knocked on her door. I, and, I, and I've been in contact with her probably weekly. I text her. She, to this day, she has never asked me for a thing other than that initial, I may need a few diapers. Everything I've given her has been a surprise, a blessing. And that's what I tell her. And I told her, I said, these are from some friends who love you and who are praying for you. And I said, I just want you to know that you're not alone. And she, and then, and so, and then I told her that. And then I said, and by the way, I paid your rent for six months. And she, she looked at me and she had these tears that just rolled down her eyes. And she said, thank you so much. And it, it was perfect because she's had an unexpected C-section. And she's had an incredible time healing. So the incisions come open, and it's because she's doing everything by herself. She doesn't have she doesn't have anybody. Her mom may come by after work around four and allow Jacqueline to take a shower, but the rest of the time she's by herself. And I struggle with that. You know, do I need to go up there? What you know? What do I need to do? But I thought, and I told her, I said, now that your rent's paid, you can be off longer. You know, you can heal and be off more time with him. And that's what she's done. That's what she's done. And she said, thank you. Hmm. Um, I think that was... Well, yeah. Well, just tell us. So, I mean, clearly we've seen that this has affected you immensely. Yeah. And um, but, but just how would you sum up what this has meant to you, your family, and your walk with God? I was telling James the other day, it's... It's um, brought me a tremendous amount of, of joy that I haven't had in a long time. When, when you deliver a suburban full, full of every baby supply you could ever think of, I felt like Santa <laughs> driving up 65. It was just, there is no, you know, and I, and I also struggle with, oh my gosh, you know, I've got to pick up so-and-so by two. But everything fell into place. God took care of the details. If I would just step out and do the work. And I did. And I, did. And I mean, Jacqueline's not the one that's truly been blessed. It's been me. And truly. And with my kids, I've talked a lot about this. And, you know, I show them the pictures and... and but and I, this is Brennan. This is Brennan. Yes, 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 yes. Well, and so let me give back up a little bit. Um, this is Brendan. 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 B R E N D N. Brendan Joseph Moore. He was born February 24th. He was six pounds, six ounces. This picture was made two weeks ago. I asked her if I could snap a picture of him. He um, is now almost three months old. Um, he's precious. He's kind of, you just want to squeeze him. Beautiful, so beautiful cute. baby. Um, and, she, and when I go and visit her, she's not, you know, she still doesn't talk a lot. And so I'm, you know, talking for us. <laughs> but, <laughs> imagine that. But I just think she has felt a lot of comfort. And I know I, I have too. I know I have too. Um, she's coming back to work um, this Wednesday, the 17th, whatever, maybe it's Wednesday. So she's yeah. been off 12 weeks. And it's because of what we were able to do. Yeah, it's been incredible. Um, but I was telling, I told you one of this morning, when I sat down and I really connected the dots of the timeline before I had this encounter with Jacqueline, I see that God used my sister 
and he used my mom and he used an incredible woman of faith that's my counselor to prepare me yeah. you know it because I don't know if I would have I would have stepped out and, and and done that right I really I really don't but it's it, it you know it really showed me that um, God can use us if we stop if we pause, if we have Sabbath time, if you take time to look and really, really see people and ask them, I mean, it's amazing. It is powerful how God will use you, and He has changed me. Yeah, I'm happy. You know, it's just, it's just, neat. It's just neat, and I just want people to know yeah. that God will take care of the details if only we just have the faith and step out. Amen. Yeah. Thank. You. Thank you. Before you go, let's um, let's pray for Jacqueline and pray for Brendan and um, all that before. So let's pray. God, we just um, praise you for Dana's story and um, her testimony of just God, you at work in her life. Thank you for her mother. Thank you for her sister. Thank you for her counselor, for the class women. I mean, God, it just shows you we are not supposed to walk this alone. And it takes... and. Um, all of us. And God, I thank you for Dana's honesty and just her willingness to be transparent before us about where she was. And God, you, you do. It, it, there are times when we're just in the pit, but God it is amazing that what you can do with an after story. And um, we just thank you that Jacqueline was able to bring Brendan safely into the world. We pray for her that God, all of this is just tilling in her heart, a longing for you. Um, that, God, your Holy Spirit will just work in her to bring her to faith in you, God, and for Brendan to grow up knowing. I mean, when he starts hearing the stories of his birth and all of this, God, that he will just be stirred to know you as well and that um, you will just bring so much bounty beyond the diapers and the, in the, you know, the rent being paid, God, that you would bring eternal bounty out of this story. Um, thank you for the joy that you've put in Dana's heart that um, her family sees and what her children have been able to see through this and now um, how it inspires us, God. And um, we just thank you for the glory that you've gotten in all this and will get. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.